Hello everyone and welcome to a very extra special edition of Snapbacks and Beards. My name is Johnny, well one of the Johnnies anyway, aka J.E. WrestleTalk and I am joined as always by my co-hosts, undeniable Johnny Goldsmith. How are you sir? Very good, very good Johnny, yeah. Looking forward to this episode. Yeah, very much so, yeah, definitely. First interview that we've done so this should be, yeah, it's a monumental occasion as well. It is indeed. Yeah. And as always as well, joined by my other co-host, TWG91, Stu Matos. How are you doing, sir? I am I am brilliant. I, I believe the term I would use for myself is giddy. So I am I am very well and I'm yeah, really looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this indeed. So the time has come. Without further ado, we are joined by our very first guest um all the way from he's gonna tell me if i'm wrong i know that in a minute but i believe all the way from utica mississippi we have super dave dave miller the referee if you don't know who he is i assume you've been living under a rock he is the man the myth the legend who counted the three in rick flair's final match dave first of all how are you after that introduction, I couldn't be better. <laughs> thank you and so much for that. You're more than welcome. And thank you very much for coming on as well. Thank you for having me. No worries. No worries at all. Um, to the people listening at home, and when you see this on YouTube, you will see this very impressive collection of belts behind him. Just before we came on the air, we were discussing that. And that is just a very small fraction of the belts you got. how many did you say you had in total uh 75 75 that is nuts. that, that, that is that is room yeah. goals right there if i've yeah, ever seen yeah. one that mm -hmm. is um <laughs> well, what happens is, is you'll you, you get one and then you get another one and you're like well now i need to get this one because you start completing you start completing sets well then I start getting my fandom. I collected the world class belts. I got a Texas belt and I got the light heavyweight because I just always liked it. Um, I've got the old school Texas belt. I got the world class championship. I got the just the regular belt that they used to use for everything until 1984 when they started getting individual belts. Uh, I'd get that and then, well, then I liked Mid South. So I jump on and I started picking up Mid South belts. Well, Ric Flair is my favorite. So I started getting every belt. I started getting a lot of the belts that I would get because Flair had the NWA world, the WCW world. I got the big gold. I've got the dome globe. I've got the winged eagle. But then I'd got the intercontinental and a raw tag, the Vegas big gold. I got, I've got the belt they used when they started pixelating the, they started pixelating the belt on television because they couldn't put the big gold on WWF anymore. And what they did is they took a modified tag that didn't say tag, and it was just a world champion belt. But on TV, it was big enough that they could pixelate it so you wouldn't know it wasn't the big gold anymore. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's really that's cool. Fantastic. I didn't know that. But then I looked up, and I'm like, I'm only about six belts away from having all of them. <laughs> so then you start trying to get collections. Well, then I get with, I, I, I got Charlotte's belts, and then next thing I know, I got every belt that Charlotte has. And that's just, it just snowballs. You start, you start wanting to put collections together and the fun is in the chase. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, absolutely. And my wife, my wife just puts up with my silliness. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've all got to have a hobby. There could be worse hobbies than collecting belts. So oh, yeah. we and love it. We're here for it. We're here for it. And belt collecting. When we come full circle, it's because of belt collecting that I was put in the position to referee Ric Flair's last match. Wow. Mm. Which okay. now we're going to jump straight into that, if that's okay. Because I noticed when you were talking sure. a minute ago, you, you said that Ric Flair's your favorite. How, how, all, how did that all come about for you to be that man? Was that was that planned or or was it something that you approached them with? Did they approach you? Like, How did that whole thing come about? One of my best friends is Conrad Thompson. And oh, Conrad my. knows how big a Ric Flair fan I am. And he wanted that for me. So when they were laying out the finish, he had me in mind. I didn't actually find out till the day of. Wow. Okay. I knew, wow. I, had, I, knew I had one match on the card, two matches on the card. I was going to be one of the referees out for the, um, for the battle Royal, the, the bunkhouse battle Royal. And which was dedicated to our friend, Mark Nielsen, who had passed away. So there was two boots they did like the boot like dusty won the boot on theirs I had both set two two boots bronze we gave one to to his fiance and then the one that mance that mance won was in the belt buckle that that went to mance for winning for winning it so i knew i was going to be a part of that for our, because our because it was dedicated to our friend one, one of the members of our group chat but he called me about two weeks before the event he said we're trying to get it all formatted um i got a choice for you do you want the rock and roll versus the horseman or do you want the briscoes versus von erics well he knew up he, he figured i picked i'd pick the von erics because i grew up a world-class fan and i watched their dad and i watched their uncles mm. but the truth is without missing a beat i said give me the briscoes because the Briscoes are one of the best tag teams in the world. Top three. I mean, argue, you could argue mm. top three, maybe top two tag teams in the world. And I was excited to get to work with them as well. And it was kind of a mm -hmm. selfish choice because then you also had Ricky Morton. And then you had, um, you know, um, Arn was in the corner of Brock. So it was just, it was, I was just excited to, to be part of it. Yeah, I bet. So he sent me down the day of. And he said, we had our meeting before StarCast, you know, letting everybody know what we're doing today. Here's the goals for for the mm -hmm. for what we're doing today. And when everybody got done, he says, he goes, stay here with me for a minute, Dave. I need to talk to you. Well, immediately my mind goes to the worst place. It's like, oh, man, because we knew the Von Erics were having travel issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was some question that morning as to whether the Von Erics were going to be there for that match. And uh, so I just knew my match was getting canceled. And he said, um, tonight we're going to bump Kyoto. We're going to have you run down and slide in and make the three count. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> 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 so I'm really, really overwhelmed. Like, just super overwhelmed. And I thank him. I give him a hug. He goes on about his business. And I'm like, he goes, I want to tell you, but I knew you wouldn't sleep. So I was waiting until today. Plus, we don't know. And there was still some question that morning is that was going to happen that night. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, this wasn't something that, I mean, he had to fight for it. He had to fight for it because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm virtually an unknown referee. I mean, I'm 18 years on the indies. But fast forward, I mean, so I get up and I'm overwhelmed big time. Like, if I don't know if you've ever, you ever been in a situation where you know that if you just say one word, you're going to cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my wife comes up to me and she could tell, she goes, what's wrong? I said, I'm shaking my head. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> she goes, I can tell something's wrong. I said, nothing's wrong. It's good. <laughs> Leave me alone. And I said, I'll be back. So then I went, <laughs> went to the men's room and got this all. I cried like a baby. <laughs> oh, wow. But it was more because of the confidence that my friend showed in me. I mean, I know it wasn't yeah. an easy sell that he wanted that for me. And it was the gift. And of course, being getting to do Rick, I mean, being in the ring with Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention Jeff Garrett and Jay Lethal and Andrade. Yeah. Because I've been a I've been a Jeff Jarrett fan for since 88 when he came to when he first came to Dallas. I've always liked Jeff Jarrett. So, mm-hmm. so I finally calmed down, but every time I walk by, and I'm not saying nothing to anybody, nobody. <laughs> because I was told, keep it quiet. So a lot of our friends were there that, that are in our group chat and they all knew they'd known for weeks that this was the plan. So one of them would look at me and go, how you doing? I said, I'm good. And they go, really? How, why are you so good? And I said, I'm just good today. And they go, <laughs> you know, they're trying to fill me out, but I'm not saying anything. I'm kayfabing. I'm not, because if I said something and it got out, if somebody did, I did, I mean, I wasn't going to do anything to mess it up. So it was quite a day. I mean, I did go out to my, I did go out to my car and call my brother. And I said, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. But tonight after the Von Eric match, y'all do not turn it off. Watch all the way to the end. <laughs> my, brother said, my brother said, I'm going to watch it. I said, no, make mom stay in there and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's like a, like a dream come true. Oh yeah, I still it's almost been a year now, and I I don't I still feel like I just kind of I, I pinch myself about it. It's <laughs> it, it doesn't feel real. I, I, I was going to ask like, what was that just going through your head? Just making that sort of run down to the ring and probably like one of the smoothest side ins to the ring to be to be in there um like what what were you thinking at that point the, the just... slide in the slide in wasn't a pro- i knew i could do that i could do that all day yeah my my main concern was do not fall down mm. yeah that was my that was but that was where all my nerves were is like be charles not titus be charles not titus <laughs> yeah do not do <laughs> as well slide but then so I'm, I'm I'm sitting back here waiting, and I came out and I stalled at the top of the ramp for just a second, and you could hear David Crockett say, "Don't stand there, <laughs> don't stop." <laughs> and then I got to running, and once I got to the bottom of the ramp and I got you in, know, it was just I did it. But then my con- I didn't have time to really think about much of anything because I was concerned for Rick. Hmm. I kept asking if he was okay. He wouldn't answer me. Andrade was kind of panicked, said, get us some water. Get us some water. And that's when I jumped out of the ring. And I ran over, and Conrad handed me some water. And we're trying to get more water because Andrade poured most of it out. 
like he's watering him like a plant. I don't know. But <laughs> I was really concerned for Rick. And he wouldn't answer me, and I couldn't give him the belt. <laughs> so it I guess after I got back up the ramp is when the enormity of the whole thing just kind of came down on me and I needed to just go sit down mm. in the locker room for a second and you know I just found me a spot where there wasn't anybody to to mm. just let it out because I mean it was just such a such a rush to mm. be part of that. I can imagine. Absolutely. And then Tony Shawnee tells me on the way back up the ramp, he said, I can't wait for you to hear the playback. He goes, I gave you the sting treatment. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, that yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we said about that a little while ago when we were talking about it. You got the, um, got that. Because yeah, that is super Dave. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. And when you, uh, that that run that you do, uh, we were saying before you came, you give Charles Robinson a run for his money with how quickly you go down there. It was so so yeah, quick. Thank you. I um, appreciate that. That's enormous compliment. Charles is best at that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's so oh, great. He's so great. Um, Johnny, did I think you had a, a question about the match itself, didn't you? Yeah. So first of all, I just want to give props to Jeff Jarrett because when he came out of the ring and his entrance and he was getting as much as he could, you know, like uh did he lay his hands on Conrad? I think he did. I think he like threw water at him or something like yep. that. Yeah, uh, I just love that. He, he, a friend of mine named Denovius was there, and I, he shoved he shoved Denovius. He might have took his water. Yeah, that's, away I from saw him. that. Yes, yeah. And he, he shoved my friend Denovius, and then he went around. Yeah. And he got Conrad pretty good, and I'm telling Jeff Jarrett is the MVP of the whole operation. Back to the documentary. Mm -hmm. I yes. mean, he really stabbed him with the shoe. Did he? So, wow. he, I mean, it legitimately stabbed him with the shoe. And I remember the freak out about it when it happened. I mean, like Conrad has no reason to come, come into our group chat and he's, he doesn't have to work us. And I mean, that went with the, with the shoe really wrong. I think that might've been something that Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair did on their own without telling anybody okay. to get to, I mean, because they those guys know how to old Memphis stuff and you know to do with to, to, to draw interest. But that was a real moment. He stabbed him. Mm. And um whether he meant to or not, I think it just seems like something that it wasn't authorized if if they if they meant to do it. Mm. It wasn't authorized by anybody else. And it was I mean, there was so much blood it looked like a crime scene. Mm, there was a lot. Yeah. yeah, but Jeff loves, Jarrett loves to bleed. My my level of respect for Jeff Jarrett went to I mean completely completely different level with the way that we the way the match was laid out. We were in a it was funny because the first time I met Jeff Jarrett, I was, I'd had a couple I'd had I had a little drink, and I saw Jeff Jarrett in a match with Tully Blanchard in two thousand five, and. Tully Blanchard wrestles a different style than Jeff Jarrett's accustomed to. It was an NWA world title match in Tampa, Florida. And Les Thatcher was there, and he said that Jarrett, Tully was blowing Jarrett up because Jarrett wasn't used to wrestling that style. So when I had the opportunity, I was going to ask Jeff, hey, Jeff, what was Tully doing different to you that blew you up? That, you know, 
not meaning it to be the insulting question when I came out and said, hey, you remember 2005 when you wrestled Tully and he blew you up? <laughs> I mean, everybody got quiet and Jeff, Jeff looked at Conrad, Conrad looked at Jeff and they're like, uh, because the correct thing would have been, hey, Mr. Jared, I'd like to ask you, tell me about the match with Tully Blanchard, if you can remember. That's what it should have been, but that was my meeting of Jeff Jarrett. So it's always been a joke and, and we've become friends over it. So he, I mean, it could have gone a lot worse for me. So when he saw me walk into the arena, he came down the ramp and um, he said, Dave, when, um, when it's time for you to run down, I need you to run down and touch the ring and run back up and high five Shivani, then run back down and touch the ring again. I want y'all to do it three times because I need you to be blown up when you slide in. <laughs> so <laughs> immediately I relaxed after that. And we all went sat down with Rick and Rick looked at me and he said, who are you? And I said, I'm the ref. He goes, Kyoto's a ref. I said, and then Conrad goes, he's the second ref after, after Kyoto. But Rick goes, we're bumping Kyoto. <laughs> he goes, you guys got to tell me he was screwing with them because they'd gone over it all week long. But he goes, come on, we got to talk about this. Let's go to my locker room. So we all go to Rick's locker room. So it's Jeff Jarrett, Rick Flair. Karen Jarrett was there, Conrad, his wife, Megan, Mike Kyoto. And we start talking. And then his daughter, Charlotte, Ashley, Charlotte shows up with Andrade. So he makes me go get them. So I go and get them and bring them to the room. And we get to talking and, and, Je and, and Jeff gets a notepad. He gets like a legal pad. And Rick said, Rick said, Ashley, I need you to step outside. The men need to talk now. And she turned around. And then she shot back around and looked at him. And he's and Rick's laughing. I mean, rolling, because he got her. Like, you need to step out. The men need to talk now. It was so hilarious. So me and Kyoto just sitting over keeping our mouth shut. And Andrade didn't speak good English, so they're, they're going over what we want to do. And what you saw in the ring with Rick laying on the apron and yeah, he, he dehydrated. He legitimately had an issue during the match, but when he was laying out on the laying out, looking like he's fixing to die. That was by design. He wanted to look like a 73 year old man. Mm -hmm. His daughter didn't want him to do that. His daughter wanted him to be strong. And he said, no, these men look how young Jay is. And Jeff, what I appreciate what they're doing for me. So I can't go out there and look like Superman at 73 years old. And he got his spot in with the, faking a heart attack and going to the eyes, dirtiest player in the game, mm. all that. The most chilling thing, though, the most chilling thing that happened in the entire locker room was the, that, that Karen Jarrett and Megan Flair were going to get into it. And Megan hit her. And Karen said, just be sure, just don't worry about it. Just lay it in. Make sure you lay it in. And Megan, just without missing a beat, goes, that won't be a problem. <laughs> I mean, there were some hurt feelings over stabbing him with that shoe. Yeah. I mean, so that, I, I mean, me and Fiona were looking at each other like, woo. But, but the arguing about how the match was going to go 
I got kind of sidetracked, but all of a sudden Jeff Jarrett jumps in and says, with the heart attack thing, they didn't want him to do that. And Jeff said, no, 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 no. I mean, we're, we're heels. We'll bite into it. It's fine. But this is what we're going to do. And then Jeff starts laying it out. I mean, where the cameras are, this, this is what we're going to do. And he's laying this match out. And all of a sudden, he's controlled every ego in the room. Wow. Wow. And let's, I mean, there's, there's some pretty big egos in that room. Yeah. I mean, you got the greatest of all time. You probably got, I mean, in my opinion, the greatest female wrestler of all time. Who may be one of the top 10 best wrestlers of all time. Man or woman. But, I mean, definitely got, case of that. <laughs> so you got goats in the room and Jeff Jarrett's in here controlling egos, laying it out, getting a plan together. And it was just to see that all off go off of paper to the arena was absolutely beautiful. I mean, the producers were the road dog, his brother, Scott, Dr. Tom Pritchard. They were running gorilla. Wow. I road dog was in my ear, in my earpiece. I first time. And I'm, I'm an indie guy. I only probably wore an earpiece twice in 18 years. So that was different for me. Um, it just, <laughs> the most absolute incredible experience I've ever had in wrestling outside of the flare part. I walked into the gorilla position and there's the undertaker sitting there and I'm trying to, you know, I gotta be cool. There's the undertaker, Michelle McCool. I, I would not be cool in that, in that situation. <laughs> no. I would not I walked, be cool. I walked up and I shook his hands and shook her hand just like you would in the locker room and didn't, didn't, didn't act like a mark or anything. Wasn't asking for pictures. Just went on through gorilla. Uh, Hurricane Helms was there, and I know mm -hmm. him. I've known him for years, so I went over to talk to him. And then uh, Michael Hayes was there in Gorilla, which I'm a huge fan of Michael Hayes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a really cool T-shirt, actually. Yeah, I was looking I, at that earlier. Yeah, we've got the Von Erichs on the bottom. Oh, nice. Oh, right. look at Yeah. So, anyway, just when it was all said and done, the things that were – the things that were going through my head, like, man, I just counted Ric Flair's. I'm, I'm answer to a trivia question now. As so, long as he don't do it again. That, that's an interesting. Do, do you think he there will be that temptation for him to do it again? Do you he's think he's done? I think, I think now when he says he wants to do it again, he's just screwing with everybody. He's not going to do it again. Okay. He'd like to do it again. He'd like a do-over on it, but it, 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 he knows he can't do it again. Mm. Yeah, that, they caught lightning in a bottle with that that whole card. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's a very good card. Yeah, yeah, it's a great card from top to bottom. And if you were yeah. in the building, you weren't disappointed. Mm. Nobody's going to pretend like Ric Flair had a good match that night. I mean, the match that it was what it was. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, but the whole card, there was nobody in the building disappointed. Mm. They were vocal and they were yeah. into it. So. Yeah. It, and it's just, he just didn't hydrate. The only thing I saw him drink all day was a Diet Pepsi. <laughs> a cup of coffee. He had coffee while we were, he had coffee while, while we were in there. And then later he had Diet Pepsi. I was going to say as well, that's so, speaking of like doing things that you might not, um, might not know about. So the whole heart attack thing. So were you aware he was going to do that? Where it looked like he was having a heart attack and then he does the thump of the eye. Yeah, he said if he if he felt it, 
That was another thing is that Flair likes to go by if, if the crowd's into something, then, you know, he can feel if the crowd wants uh, will buy into it or not. And, and they bid on it. Mm, okay. Yeah, they did. Yes. That's a, mm. yeah, that's, that's, yeah, they definitely did. But I mean, that's, he wanted that thumb to the eye, dirtiest player in the game. I got him, you know? And yeah, I must say, I like how it ended with a three count. Obviously he's known for the figure four leg lock, but I appreciate that he even said, I'm not Superman. So, it might not look as believable that someone 73 doing a 73, I think he was at the time, wasn't he? That he was doing a figure four leg lock to um, someone a lot younger than him. So I really appreciate that he did a three count as well because it looks, in my opinion, I well, think it's more believable in that sense of. Well, Jared just got the brass knuckles. He had to. Yeah. He, yeah. he was out. I mean, mm. as I get criticized, I mean, I don't know if I get criticized. I've had a couple people that told me that I screwed it up because they, both their shoulders were down. But I had no reason to look at Flair's shoulders. When I entered the ring, Flair was on his feet, applying mm -hmm. the figure four leg lock. Yeah. 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 When, when he dropped down, Jarrett came up and back down. One, two, three. I mean, a lot of times in a figure four, a wrestler will lay down and you have to count and he'll get the shoulder back up. But if those shoulders are down, you got to count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. that's just what you do. So I had no, and I was on his shoulders, so I had no reason to look at Rick's shoulders. But if Rick wouldn't have been in the shape he was in being dehydrated, he probably wouldn't have been laid out. I mean, I mean, he didn't have, he, he was really struggling at that point. I mean, the dehydration mm -hmm. had got him. So, yeah. but it was, it was, a, it was really good. I mean, he, doing the Von Erics, the Briscoe was, was a treat. Standing in the standing in the arena, I came out early. They were doing a video package. It was um when they were in the back with Jerry Lawler, and I went to the ring. So the, that video package was on while I was standing in the ring, and I just stood there and I looked around the arena at the enormity of it because I've never been in front of that many fans. I mean, if we get a thousand people on the Indies, we're doing good. I mean, that's a good night. So. To, I mean, mm -hmm. even Rachel Ellering, Rachel Ellering told me recently at a show that she worked, um, she came to Bayou Independent Wrestling, where I referee mostly, and we were talking about it, and she said that was the biggest crowd she'd ever been in front of at that point. Wow. So, and it was a, it was quite a thrill, but I just stood there, I just stood there, I got to stand there in the ring, and I wasn't nervous at that, I mean, really wasn't nervous. Um, I just was taking it in. And uh, then that music hit for the Von Erics, which their music is a blatant ripoff of Stranglehold. So it still had that riff that I'm used to hear when their dads came, when their dad, when, when their dad came to the ring. So when that music hit, I got to admit, it was hard not to sit there with a smile on my face. And then mm. having them in there and the Briscoes and getting to do that match was, was tremendous. I can imagine. And, and, I can, like you say, the the whole card was sacked. So it was, a, a, yeah, a, a great, great show. I've got a picture that I use as a promo picture now, where I'm making the three count, and mm -hmm. you can see Flair. You can see Flair laying there bloody, and you see Jared. You see Jared, and I, I'm, you see my hand coming down. But it's like Rick's Rick's wife Wendy, his granddaughter Morgan, Conrad. Megan, Bully Ray, 
Kid Rock. I think my wife's back there. <laughs> I think I picked my wife out in the crowd. Because she sat, she was sitting in the Undertaker's chair till he got there. Wow. And then um <laughs> then it was funny because this was the I wanted to see Rick's entrance. So I went to I went down there where the where production was so I could watch it on the monitor. And uh they showed Kid Rock in the crowd and my wife was right behind him and I'm I just laughed like how, <laughs> how does she get in, how is she getting in this spot? <laughs> I've got to ask, did you um get to talk to Kid Rock at all? I did not. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. Uh, she got his autograph though. That's cool. That's really cool. Anyway, gave it to my stepdaughter. But it was just—I got to thinking about it. How cool is it that I got to perform in front of Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Mick Foley, Diamond Dallas Page? But think about The Undertaker. How often is The Undertaker sitting in the crowd? Mm. Yeah. He didn't do that. N never, never. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I've had fun because people will send me their, their videos that they took. Somebody posted a video from a uh, view from POV from the front row the other day. And when I came running in, you get, you heard somebody yell, it's palm water. It's palm water. Because on ad free shows, they call me palm water, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Conrad, Conrad, and Tony, Conrad and Tony Schiavone were doing a podcast one day, and Conrad just joking like he does says, "Tony, our friend Dave, you know Super Dave, thinks he can't get COVID." And um, Tony goes, "Why is that?" He goes, "Because he drinks palm water and he's hot Cheetos." <laughs> <laughs> I've got a pond in my backyard, and I'm proud of it. That's why I bought this land. And I'm always taking pictures by the pond. There's always pond pictures on my social media. So he just said, I drink palm water and I, I, I work for Frito-Lay. I deliver Cheeto, hot Cheetos. So <laughs> he just made that up. Well, I've learned with Conrad that when he starts messing with you about something, if you lean into it, it's not as bad. Plus, we'd started doing the Sad News Bears on ad-free shows. We're not doing it anymore, but our group chat, they call us Sad News Bears. I knew that if we had merch... I couldn't be Super Dave because that's trademarked. But I could be Palm Water Dave and we could do something with it. And so I even do that. I even use that for my podcast. And then we can, under that umbrella, we can either be wrestling or just being silly, whatever we want to do. So that's why I don't, I don't go as Ref Super Dave on my podcast. It's the Palm Water Dave show. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, just going back to when you you said uh, that Rick uh, said that he would do the, the heart attack thing if, if he felt it, um, as a referee, and obviously you say you've, you've done it on the independence for, for 18 years, uh, so a lot of matches, I would assume, in those 18 years, how easy is it for a referee when wrestlers decide to start to call things on the fly uh, just as it's going and not kind of go off script how easy is it for the ref to adapt to that i just react to it i just react it's really easy as long as um and a lot of time they talk to me so if something's going yeah i mean i mean a lot of time they'll tell me go tell him this go tell i mean they send messages back and forth i mean especially the guys that really know how to work and don't don't just rehearse every mm. the guys that if you if you know everything you're going to do before you go out there and you mess up 
then it's exposed. What are you going to do? So sometimes things yeah. don't go as planned, mm -hmm. and the guys that have been doing it for a while know how to adapt to it. I mean, if somebody got hurt, you have to, you have to change things. Yeah, uh, of course. No, it's, yeah. as long as they don't change the finish. And here's the deal. If they're down and I count and they don't kick out, that's on them, not me. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. As long as, as long as I'm always, as long as I'm always, you know, do, as long as I treat it like a shoot, you know. Uh, it's, it's interesting you say that. So I, I remember reading um, a, a while back um, where uh, at Mania 25, when Taker did his big, big jump over onto, onto Shawn Michaels and that didn't quite go how it was, um, how it was supposed to go. Uh, I've, I've heard that he, he said to the ref, you, you count. And if I'm not in the ring, you, you count, you keep going. If I, if I can't make it into the ring, that's, you know, that's it. You can't, fight, you know, so which is just, yeah, obviously, like you say, that's kind of where you've got to, where you've got to go when they're, when that's happening, isn't it? It's, um, yeah. And, you know, as a referee, you can, mm. you can work. I mean, that's the thing is y'all working together. Like sometimes I'll have guys that want to get out of the ring and what they want to do, they can't get back into, they can't get back by the count of 10. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll get out and go with them. Like sometimes, I'll get to like I'll count and they'll break the count, and then I'm starting again. Well, we're not going to break the count three or four times, but I'll I'll get out and go with them. Like, hey guys, got to get it back in the ring uh, if it's a title match. You know you can't win the title on the floor. You got to get it back in the ring because if I get in there and I count y'all out, you're not you're not going to get the championship. He's going to still be the champion. I mean, the fans hear me pleading with them trying to get them back in the ring, but I'm that way they're not burying me. And like, uh, you just had a whole stink about AEW with their ladder match. Mm -hmm. Everybody made a big deal that the referees were mm -hmm. holding ladder. Well, on the indies, a lot of those indies rings, you can't stand the ladder up in them because mm -hmm. they, they wobble too much. So holding the ladder so a wrestler doesn't get hurt is really not the big deal that everybody's made it out to be. But if I would have been there, you can do things like I would have been like, I'd have put a hand on the ladder and I'd have pointed up like, you know, I'd, I would have sold what was going. I wouldn't just hunkered down like, you know, now all of a sudden I'm not paying attention to what's going on in the match. I'm in charge. Of, I'm in charge of securing the ladder. Yeah. But you, you can secure the ladder and still be part of it. Like you're selling what's going on. You could, you know, you could, you can not, not make it look so rigid. Right. Yeah. you just you, i mean it's just you don't I mean, have, you protect yourself you don't get buried yeah. and i mean to be fair it's like you say it's been you know it's been around for years where you know refs or you know other people like you know hold the ladder in some way shape or form that's not you know that isn't that hasn't just suddenly come around you know the last six months or or whatever but like you say you don't if you go back and watch, you know, wrestling ten years ago, for example, or something like that. You don't notice it as much because you have the refs, like you say, that hold it but are still involved, and then it, it looks it looks more re it looks more realistic, doesn't it? And and the camera, it, it's the production team that's really the the villain in that. They could have shot it without showing the referees were holding the camera. Only the people in the arena would have known. 
Mm. I mean, holding the ladder. Yeah. And I think the only reason they held the ladder is the ladder got damaged. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I mean, you don't see it in WWE, but, but there's so many ladders out there that if something goes wrong, you go get another. One. Yeah. Of course, yeah. there's plenty of them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. the most normal thing yeah. to find under They're a ring. Not, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of, well, that, that, that all tight, O'Neill. A lot of the AEW <laughs> criticism. <laughs> It could, I mean, their their cam their cameras and directors are not doing them any favors with some of the shots that they're showing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not putting that on the talent. I'm just, I mean, there's things that go on that maybe the 4K camera should not be on it or 8K at this point, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, cut cut to the crowd. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to zoom in. You don't have to zoom in on John Moxley when you have a good feeling that he's fixing to start bleeding. Which is most of the time for John Moxley to be there. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I, and I, I, you've you've kind of already answered it, but I sort of one of the the sort of questions I had, and and you sort of touched upon it earlier with sort of you know Jeff sat there and went through as much of the matches, you know, really pin planned it out and stuff like that. And you know how how different is that to sort of being on the indies and you know i you know it's not we know it's not ballet and accident happen and people get hurt and stuff like that but i would assume that's more likely for things like that to sort of happen at not that level but you know what i mean like that you know more things are likely to change or maybe aren't planned out in the indies as uh, as they are at sort of a higher higher level potentially like what's the what's the differences in sort of planning a match really it it's it's basically the same, just on a much smaller level. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. we don't have to. This is where this camera is. This is where this camera is. I mean, he had it. Jeff had it out to. We're going to do this. Conrad's sitting over here. I mean, he went to every minute detail. And it's not that on the Indies you don't. I mean, you're you get it together. Yeah. And uh, and speaking to, about how things change. Just this past Saturday night, one of the guys that was wrestling actually had a torn ACL meniscus. And it popped when he's trying to get in the ring. Ouch. So immediately, immediately I tell, you know, I tell his opponent, his knee popped, his knee just popped. He's not going to be able to, I mean, there's not going to be coming off the ropes. He's not going to be doing a lot of running. So they, they work, reworked the match to where, he immediately went after that leg. He immediately went after that leg and okay. just working that leg. And I mean, hey, uh, establishing early that that leg was injured. And that was the story for the match. And it went great. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So, right. I mean, was there ever, um, was there ever a thought yourself to be a wrestler or were you always wanting to be just on the referee and announcing side or what was the initial goal when you became a referee? When I was 18 years old, I wanted to be David Manning, world-class championship wrestling referee, David Manning. Okay. I knew I was too small to be a wrestler. I'm five, six, but at the time, well, I was even, I probably weighed 140. I mean, I, I was a little, I was small and I went downtown Doug's gym in Dallas. I grew up in Texas. And I went down there because I knew the wrestlers worked out there. And I, it was my goal to try to see what I need to do to get in to be a referee. Well, it wasn't easy to get in back then. And they, I wasn't able to. And 
you know, I was quickly discouraged and life goes on. Well, fast forward to when I'm 39 years old. I go, I go to Doug's gym, 38 years old. I go to not Doug's gym. I go to eat with a friend of mine. I'm, I'm selling him a wrestling belt and him and his tag team partner meet me for dinner and I've known him for years. And, but we sit there and they tell me road stories from traveling all over the country wrestling. They were the Overboys. They were hollow mass, but they were on the Indies. They'd go to NWA Wildside. They'd go up to Chicago. They were, they just, they traveled on the weekends wrestling. And they'd tell me how horrible it was being an indie wrestler and all these road stories. And after three hours of hearing it, I wanted to do it. And the reason I thought I could do it is I, my brother was a personal trainer that worked with a wrestler that wrestled on a local, local indie show. He went by Stephen Murphy for a wrestling promotion called PCW out of Arlington, Texas. And uh, they had a, like a Friday night show was their free show that they used people from their school Saturday nights where they taped their television. And I went to the show with my brother, see his friend, and there was guys my size and smaller wrestling. So hearing the stories, seeing that guys my size are now wrestling, I went to wrestling school. And after about six months, uh, Lance Archer, um, mm -hmm. He was Lance Hoyt, yep. but yep. Lance Archer was my trainer. And they were going to do an angle where there was another promotion coming in invading. They needed a hill ref. So they were going to use me as a hill ref. And after I refereed a couple matches, they, they waved off the hill ref angle. And he said, Dave, I'm not telling you, you can't wrestle, but it's, I think, I need to present scenarios to you, which you can make money in this business. And it, I'm not telling you, you can't wrestle, but the thing was, he didn't know that I was pushing 40. He thought I was in my, he thought I was in my early, my, my mid, my mid, mid to late twenties. Because when I started going to wrestling school, I dyed my hair. So I wouldn't look like those kids, daddy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wasn't going to dye my hair twice. That was, I didn't, I didn't like it. So I went and got it all cut out. So then when I show up and you can see the gray, I mean, there's a lot more of it now than there was 18 years ago, but I still had some. <laughs> he asked me how old I was and pushing 40. He suggested maybe your path in this business is being a referee. So, and I liked it. I'd already done it a couple of times. It's what I initially wanted to do when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Wrestling hurts. It hurts a lot. For something that's supposed to be fake, it hurts a lot. Mm. Yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, I've never never taken a bump myself personally. I'd love to, but I've never taken one myself personally. But yeah, yeah I can it, imagine it. It's does not that. a trampoline. Yeah. No. Mm. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh... But knowing how to knowing how to knowing how to wrestle, I can take bumps. I can do whatever they need me to do. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so I went on and I, I started becoming a referee and there, there was a, there's really, and there is a need for good referees. There's a lot more now than there was, but mm -hmm. the Indians are full of, of promotions that, that have guys that they need, they need help. I mean, there's, they get in there, they, 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 they dress however they want to. They don't tuck the shirt in. They don't look professional. 
They stand there like a bump on a log. They're not, they're just, they're, they're just waiting to, 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 to drop down and count. They're just, they just, and it's not because it's not because they don't want to do the right thing. It's because nobody's teaching them. So there's a very, mm -hmm. very big need for, for good referees on the independent circuit. And yes. at my age, I'm not going at my age, WWE and AEW is not on the table for me. You know, okay. I, I got a good job. I'm going to have a pension. I can't start over at my age. And 18 years ago, maybe I could have, you know, but now, you know, I'm, I'm happy doing the indies and, and getting, and I get booked. I mean, I get calls a lot. I mean, last year I worked was my biggest year. I refereed in six states on four pay-per-views with some of the top talent mm -hmm. in the world. So, I mean, I, I got to do the wrestling showcase in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It was on Fight TV for Josh Chernoff. And nice. And I'm sure Josh called me. He'll, Josh will call me again, and and I'll have opportunity to referee some of his big shows. Because now he's not mm -hmm. fight anymore. He's on a premier mm -hmm. streaming network. I just mm -hmm. um, I just feel like the indie scene in America for professional wrestling is far far superior to to the indie scene we have here in the UK. Oh, I don't, hold hold on, hold on. We're gonna <laughs> don't 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 forget about about my hometown uh, indie scene. Let's not let's not take away from there. But okay. But I, uh, uh, Bar, bar that one and the people who have come from there. Um, it just, okay. It, it seems like um, it's a lot more accessible. Oh, yeah. I, I would agree. That that, that's, I'll, I'll rephrase that. It's a lot more accessible. Yeah. I, I, I feel probably for, for Dave, we should add some context. Um, so oh. I'm, uh, I'm based in Norwich, England, which is well known for Soraya and her family and that they're sort of shows that that they put on so that's they're, they're my hometown promotion as such oh i've heard nothing but good things about the indie scene in england it, by his, it, as as johnny said it is you know ex accessibility wise i think for young and uh, young and aspiring wrestlers and sort of training i think it, obviously in, over in over in the states there is there, there are more accessible wrestling schools, I think. Yeah, and there's, there's yeah, more accessible quality. Accessible was the word I was looking for, not superior. There wasn't, <laughs> as many, there wasn't as many quality places work when I was when I was getting started. You had like PCW, XPW. You could go down to RCW. In I mean, in Texas, there was there was some crap, really crappy promotions. And that's the problem is that somebody get their tax return. They want to be a wrestling promoter. They'd come in, do somebody, and it would be horrible. I was on a show one time with Skandar Akbar, famous, famous wrestling manager. Mm -hmm. And the guy ran out and didn't pay anybody. The ring was crap. It was insulting that, that wrestlers had to get in there. It was dangerous. But, you know, Akbar's the only one who got paid because he got paid up front. But that's what happens. You get these guys that think they can just put wrestling on the building and people are going to show up and they don't promote it. And uh, today you have more quality promoters. Now you still have some that, that don't do it right. But the, they don't last long. There's 
you know, there's more of a, a pipeline of information between the wrestlers that we weed. I mean, we, we weed out the bad shows, you know, and, you know, there's some that will get a reputation that, and if you go work for them, nobody wants to use you because mm-hmm. they're not, I mean, because you can, you can build up, you could like right now for Bayou independent wrestling. We work, we work in Mississippi and we work in Louisiana. We work in Arkansas, which is the tri-state area next to Texas. Um, we work Fountain Hill, Arkansas, West Monroe, Louisiana. We work Vicksburg, Mississippi, Brookhaven, Mississippi. Um, and then occasionally, well, they'll be maybe down in Natchez, Mississippi. But we have kind of have our rotation of shows. And there was a time that somebody would run in and try to do your town. And the average fan doesn't understand the different companies and they can come in and hurt what you've done and kill your town where it's not even good for you when you come back. And that happened a lot, you know, since I've been in the business, but the last few years, it's been the land of milk and honey for independent wrestlers and wrestling, mm-hmm. wrestling promotions. We're getting a lot of support. Their products can get out there with YouTube and fight. And there's so many streaming services that, I mean, look, look at the rise of GCW. Yeah. Yes. GCW is a legitimate third brand. I mean, they run, they run big time shows almost every weekend. And I mean, that deathmatch wrestling is not really my thing. I've worked for them. It was an incredible experience. Hmm. One of the pay-per-views I did last year. Incredible. I got to work with um, Masha Slamovich. Who's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't like intergender wrestling. It's just, I'm old. Men don't get women. <laughs> I'm not saying that women are less than or anything. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making that stand. I'm just saying, for me, it doesn't feel right. But I refereed a match with her and another guy. And um, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember his name at the moment. But what I'm saying is, by the end of the match, and she won by she made him. she made him tap, it was a very believable match. And I saw, I knew I was part of something special. And it was two wrestlers working, and the intergender part of it went out the window. The fans were completely bought into everything they were doing. It was a tremendous piece of work, and you know, and, and she's the GCW heavyweight champion now. I mean, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's actually their champion, and wow. it didn't work out well when Impact did it with Tessa. But GCW has got it and it's working. And but she's very, very talented, incredibly talented young woman. Yeah, and sometimes, like you say, it's it's if the if the chemistry's there between the workers, it's not always about the 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 gender of said said workers, is it? If that if that chemistry's there and they can put on a match and put on a show, then more more power to them, isn't it? But I mean, I think I think Rhea Ripley, I think Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair wrestle. If, if, if they, I mean, somebody said that, that, I mean, I think it's just a rumor. There's nothing to it. Cause I don't think WWE is looking to do intergender wrestling anytime soon, but Charlotte Flair versus Dominic. That's not unbelievable. I'd like to see Charlotte Flair mm-hmm. wrestle Randy Orton. Truthfully. Well, that's a match. She didn't have to win. <laughs> yeah. She don't have to win, but Rhea mm-hmm. Ripley too. I mean, why is it China? Why did China, why was it okay for China to do it 20 years ago? But now, Intercontinental champion. 
Right. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah agreed. Yeah, that's true. I know Ripley mentioned this as well. Uh, Rhea was saying that um, she would like to have a shot at uh, Gunter sometime. She actually, met, I think the recent interview mentioned that. So I think we can possibly see it soon. I'm not sure when, but I think maybe sooner rather than later, I think we might get that again. I've, I've told you, Rhea's going to win everything. Rhea's going to win everything. I don't everything. know, I like that matchup, though. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe not Gunter. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. I can't. <laughs> I am. Um, I can't imagine Rhea taking a uh, Gunter chop. But I would love to see. I'd love to see Dom take a chop from Gunter because <laughs> that would, yeah. that would well, be fantastic. I'd like to see Dom take a chop from Charlotte. <laughs> there is that as well. Yeah. yeah. His heel work has become so incredible. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. 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 It, has it really it. has. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. still. He's. I mean, he's still green in the ring. To some. I mean, he. He. Yeah. He's he, he still got a ways to go in the ring. But what he's doing on the Mac, his chicken crap hill work yeah. is incredible. Yeah. I mean, you oh, want yeah. you want to see him get the beat. You want to see him get the snot beat out of him. Yeah, it's something mm. we've spoke about, isn't it? Over the last sort of couple of months, as this sort of evolution of his of his character is has gone, and I'm you know I've I've had to admit it and hold my hands up. You know, I did a I did a TikTok video six six months ago, maybe something like that. Um, basically saying that if Dominic wasn't a Mysterio and didn't have that last name and wasn't put with Rhea Ripley, he would be floundering on NXT. And then suddenly, like you say, he's still quite green in the ring, but just this this character, this gimmick that he's got is is really entertaining. And I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. The, the, the spending the night in the can the spending the night in the jail and coming out with a teardrop and then talking about <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, I don't, I don't even think it was uh, it was a full night though. It was, it was three hours or something. Yeah. Right. Um I suppose whilst we're uh, on the uh, subject of WWE, um, us guys spoke about it yesterday when we recorded our WrestleMania predictions. Do you have any WrestleMania predictions? What do you think is going to go down? I think Cody's going to win. Okay. I think I, I, I really feel like Cody's going to win. I really, really, really want Roman to retain. Mm. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this Cody being, I just, it's, I'm, it's not hitting for me. And it's, I don't think mm -hmm. it's any fault of his. It's just that it's like there was no build to it. He came in, wrestled Seth a couple times and got hurt. Incredible match. Match of the year with the torn bicep, taking nothing away from him. But then he comes back 30th in the Rumble. And it's kind of like, okay, it's like we're contractually obligated to put, Cody in the main event at WrestleMania. That's what it feels like. There's no heat to it for me. And I just, there's, I don't feel like there's a personal issue with him and Roman. And then I felt like that Sammy was the natural choice. And I've, I'm not happy with how Sammy was handled. Because this is coming from a person that a few months ago could stand Sammy. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this break. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on Sammy. Sammy became very. I, I don't know if Sammy should took. Maybe Sammy should have took the championship, and then lost it back. But the whole thing with Kevin Owens, we knew where it was going, and mm -hmm. then yeah. it just seemed cheesy. And then they show Cody Rhodes on the monitor. 
And the same thing we said. Me and my wife look at each other. And we just busted out laughing like, who wrote that crap? I mean, (laughs) I wanted to just, it was so corny. It's the same same sort of thing we said. I hate to say like I'm criticizing. It's just, it's just, I don't feel it. Mm. And, Mm And I've, I don't see any scenario that Sammy and Kevin don't win the championship, the tag championships. I think Gunther retains, but I'm aggravated with that one because oh. because I saw Drew and Sheamus were having a match to see who was going to go to WrestleMania against Gunther. And I turned off the TV, and my wife goes, you going to watch it? I said, no, we'll watch the three-way at WrestleMania. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I feel like we're going to need to get Dave on a predictions thing at some point because here's yeah. we, we've had the, these, these predictions we've, on the yeah. Yeah. In the preview, we're going to do predictions on my podcast tomorrow night. Um, <laughs> yeah. we've, uh, so, we've got a, um, a two to one uh, in our podcast of Roman to retain. Uh, myself and Johnny think that he's he's got to get a thousand days. He has to. Yeah. He's, so, he's too close. You know what I want to see more than anything is I want to see Cody Rhodes. However they beat him, beat him. Roman retains. They can screw him. I don't care. But he shows up on Raw Monday night and he goes full Homelander from the boys heel turn. Mm. Oh, wow, yeah. He already looks like a Bond villain. Yeah, he does. Does. I, I, want, I want heel Cody. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, want, yeah. I want him to become a monster. Mm. Monster. Put him with Heyman. Put Heyman with him. Mm-hmm. Well, there, he there's talks of Roman having, having time off at some point, isn't there? So yeah. could they go down that route of of Heyman with him? But it's just, and it's not that I'm anti-Cody. Make it make sense mm-hmm. to yeah. So Ray, so Roman retaining would be fine, but I want to see Cody go full blown heel, mm. full blown. Yes. It's it's, mm. it's interesting you mentioned about uh, Sammy being the the natural the natural choice. Uh, I my my natural choice, and it's and this is purely through the whole bloodline storyline and everything. I would love it to have been Jey Uso, but I just don't think they're gonna. They don't see that mm. as a thing. But it started with Roman versus Jay, didn't it? And I would love that to come full circle of it being or hear me out or hear me out a new bloodline comes out of wrestlemania and roman gets beat by his own family screwing him and cody rhodes becomes leader of the bloodline and it did we not mention something not not as it being cody doing that but i'm sure we've had a conversation around there being sort of a uh, the bloodline story or the bloodline faction goes to more of a, a family. Human Heyman, because um, Human Heyman kind of got a thing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, and that would be br- and that would be brilliant. It would be yeah. absolutely brilliant if they did that. I would be all for it. Then you can get me on board mm-hmm. with it. And mm-hmm. then yeah. you got Sammy and Kevin, the natural to go after. You know, to go after them. Um, my other prediction is um, I do believe Rhea Ripley will 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 beat Charlotte. Yeah, we we we, we, we had we a all, we all, yeah, yeah. We, all, we all think that that will happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now that being said, Charlotte will probably win. Because <laughs> <laughs> every time I think, every time I every time I counter out, she surprises me. I knew she was going to lose to Ronda last year. She didn't. I knew you she never back her off, can you? I knew in New Orleans, I was down there, and I knew that she was going to lose to Oscar. That that Oscar streak was going to be intact, and 
Oscar tapped and mm. I marked, I marked out like I hadn't marked out since 1984. <laughs> I was just so, I was into it. It was great. Um, so obviously she's on uh, Charlotte's 14 time champion. So is she going to tie her dad's record? I presume that's the, uh, you'd imagine that's what they're going to do. Make a 16 time champion with. I think she's going to beat it. Yeah, I think that, she's going to stand alone. Mm. Uh, I'd like to see Oscar beat Bianca. I don't think that it's going to happen, but I'd like to see it. Uh, just because I think Oscar, I love the gimmick she's doing. I think she's long overdue. Because I do think back then she should have been Charlotte Flair. She was, I mean, she that, was that, white that hot. She should have gone on. And then when going back, when they finally got her. Uh, so who else we got? Uh, Edge Finn Balor. Oh, Edge is going to win that. Yeah. I don't Thank, think you. Confident. Thank you. Supreme Thank confident. you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think he should, but he will. Um, well, Seth and, versus but, Logan. But if but if but if Finn comes out as the demon, he better win. Don't mm. let don't let Edge win if 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 Finn is the demon. We need to keep that intact. Um, Seth and Austin. Uh, Seth and Seth. Logan. Logan Paul. Oh, Seth and Logan. Uh, man, I don't see. I feel like Seth's gonna win it, just because Logan mm. has made him. I mean, I want Logan to win it. I want Logan to win Ooh. bad. I think I think Logan should have won the world championship in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> uh, I think he will as well. I think Logan will. Uh, Logan, before, Logan Paul is so incredible. I mm. mean, just he is he's one of the I mean, him and Bad Bunny are the first celebrities. And well, Stephen Amell for to a certain extent. I mean, you get mm. a celebrities that come in there and really make a mockery of the whole thing. But look at what Logan Paul has done. Yeah, agreed. Mm. He does agreed. the three amigos better than. I mean, Eddie, an Eddie quality three amigos. Yeah, he does the he does the um the lariat, the buckshot lariat, smoother than Hangman. With no yeah. disrespect to anybody that I'm mentioning, it's just mm. he's flawless. He's yeah. flawless with such little time in. He got he got me at WrestleMania last year when he did the three amigos, and the crowd turned on him so hard for that. I was I popped. Man, this guy, mm -hmm. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and, I think uh, we said that yesterday, didn't we? Actually, sorry, Johnny. We said that yesterday. Of like, at what point do we stop referring to Logan Paul as a celebrity that wrestles? To actually, it, he is a wrestler. He is very, very good at. Uh, you know, he's he's so smooth. He's had mm. every match he's been involved in. Has been he's been very good in in all of them. Um, yes, you know, and that's credit to him. You know, so. Mm. I'd like to see him win, but I do believe I, I think that Seth has to win this just for as punked out as he's been. Well, yeah. and and mm -hmm. we were saying this as well. Seth lost his last three WrestleMania matches, so he probably can't really afford to lose this one. Yeah, I, th I, th I think it's it's important. I mean, I think he needs it more than Logan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I also think we've got John Cena against Austin Theory, and um, I mentioned again that if Cena wins, he does tie Rick's record for the most uh, US title wins, I believe. So, could you see John Cena beating the young and upcoming Austin Theory? Or no, no. no it's, I think I think 
Theory's going to win. Okay. I, I mean, if yeah. Cena's going to be, if Cena's going to be back for a while, if we're going to get the summer of Cena, then maybe, and then mm -hmm. so then Austin can get it back from him. But I think that I think that I think Austin has too much to lose losing to Cena. I think mm. I yeah. think that they really want to do something with with Austin, and I think using I think Cena Cena putting him over will mm. will, will will just do a lot for him. I, I really believe that. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to think what other matches they've got. I think we've kind of. Got your favorite I'm not, I'm not too, doing it. Almost. I'm not. I am not talking well, about Brock Lesnar almost, and Omos again. Almost against Brock Lesnar. Oh, <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see a scenario that Brock puts him over. But if they're, <laughs> but if they have plans to push almost, and almost is a monster man. He is. He's huge, and he's young. <laughs> he's not. I mean, he's an attraction for sure. I could see if Brock's not going to do anything, maybe he puts the giant over. Mm -hmm. But if he does, you've got to do something with him. You cannot let Brock do that in vain. Yeah. 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 I completely but, agree. Uh, but he's been getting over on Brock so much that I have to think that Brock's going to Brock's going to F5 the giant. Yeah, yeah, you're five, saving yeah, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, you're definitely yeah. saving all of that for WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't want to give that away too early. They want to see, but I, I have to Thank say you. congratulations, though. To, you've got me talking about Omos and Brock Lesnar again after last night. I <laughs> refused. I wasn't going to talk about it anymore. But I think that it says a lot for WWE that there's so many matches that you can be on the fence about that you they're not clear cut either way. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. great. And, it's a, it's a it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I mean. Like I said, it was clear cut that it was going to be a three way for the for the Intercontinental Title, but it's not a, mm -hmm. it's not clear that it's not clear that Gunther's going to retain. Right. I, I think he is, and that's my pick. Mm -hmm. um, none of us think that Gunther's going to retain. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, Which one y'all think's going to get it? I went Sheamus. I went Sheamus. Yeah. I I I went for Drew. Um, and again, obviously, we spoke about it yesterday, but it was purely because we've obviously got money in the bank over in the UK in July. And I think they will sell to the UK fans having Sheamus versus Drew. And that's when Sheamus becomes sort of gets the final belt that he's not had yet because they'll sell that for the UK crowd. And okay. and Drew needs something. Drew, I'm a big fan of Drew. He's a, you know, he's a he's big, right he's a big horse. He can move. He's extremely athletic but like you say that he's he is floundering he needs something to, to change up and i think that would that would be massive for him and also you know actually if you have two people like drew and and sheamus you know they've done pretty much everything they're two ex-world champions you know all this that brings extra prestige to the ic belt which gunther has brought for the last however many days as well and i think it keep elevating that as a as a big draw for mm. me mm -hmm. And however, we we have all said though, if Gunther does retain, none of us will be disappointed by no. by any means. And well, maybe he, he drops it in the UK, potentially. Yeah, yeah. and that would um, make sense for for over there for for um, Sheamus or or uh, yeah. Drew. Maybe they'll rematch yeah. it. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great show, actually. I tell you, yeah. they um, we recently I took my grandkids to a live event 
uh, WWE had in Jackson, Mississippi, about 45 minutes from the house. Took my grandkids, got them down on second row, and the main event was um, Drew McIntyre with all with the Brawling Brutes against uh, the Bloodline and Solo. Um, mm. Was wrong okay. with that? The Uso solo. Oh, the Uso solo and Sammy. And and I'm going to tell you what. They went out of their way for the fans. All of them. Every one of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Usos were were taking pictures with the fans. Uh, Sammy was. uh, My my granddaughter got a picture with uh, Drew and uh, Seamus and... and, uh, and Butch, and it was just, I mean, it was yeah. the way they acted towards, I mean, if you have opportunity to go to a live event, non-televised mm-hmm. live event, it is really a treat because the shows are so much better because they, they got mm-hmm. time to tell you story in the ring and not not the confines of, of one or two segments on television. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley stood out here for 10 minutes signing autographs right before intermission. Just walk wow, around, wow. taking pictures, <laughs> signing autographs. It was incredible. Oh, Liv cool. Morgan did it. Dakota yeah. Kai. Dakota Kai stayed in character. And there was a child in front of us. Uh, I'm not sure what was wrong with him. But he, um, he I, I don't know if he had leukemia. But he got front row. And she got out of the ring with her tag belt. And she went back to the to the rail, and he kind of reached up, and he was touching the he was touching the um, touching the belt, mm-hmm. and uh, but he had leukemia, and he also had Down syndrome, and mm-hmm. he snatched away and did her heel thing like she was supposed to, and she turned around and she shot him a look, and when she saw him, I mean, she's like the 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 switch flip that she realized. And she softened up, and she went right back over, and she put the belt on him, posing for pictures, big old tears in her eyes. I mean, it was one of the most mm. kindest, just a just human, a human interaction. Yeah. I mean, she, she turned it off and went and made that kid's night after that. But, I mean, she didn't do anything mm. wrong initially. That's what she's supposed to do. She's a heel. Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. course. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I'll, <laughs> but I'll always remember, I mean, I've I got, I got a soft, soft place in my heart for Dakota Kai going forward. Just seeing that interaction, because she looked right at me, and mm. I was looking right at her, and I could see the tears, the big old alligator tears in her eyes. Oh, wow. yeah. that's really cool, really mm. cool. I, I just want to, because I know we've we've sort of spoke on it a little bit, and obviously we spoke right at the start around sort of tag teams and and stuff like that. Where do you rank the Usos as a tag team of all of of all time? All time. I still rank them behind the new day. Ooh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still rank them behind the new day. Uh, they're good though. I mean, I yeah. don't get caught up in the days. I mean, no. I I mean, totally to me, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight, the Midnight Express, me, uh, I'll say is the greatest tag team of all time, for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm fifty. I'm fixing to be fifty-seven years old. I'm always going to go with the older guys. Tully, Tully and Arn, Rock, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, the Freebirds. 
Um, the Road Warriors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I mean, the New Day. I'm, I mean, they're probably sixth on my list. They're top. They're definitely top ten. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like we spoke about tag teams a few weeks back. I think it was just. I think we did kind of the same as sort of you. You tend to gravitate towards your sort of era of of, right. of like like say for me i've i've always said it i, I for me i i would have the, the the new age outlaws as as the greatest tag team just be, oh. just because i mm -hmm. uh, i think they could for me they could kind of do it all in terms of they could work they could work the crowd you believe them as a team etc etc but you know like i say that's not taken away from the era before that and the, the era that we're sort of seeing seeing now it's just yeah where, mm. where we've sort of grown up from i think isn't it well, well 25 years later we all can still say ladies and gentlemen <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls turn of all ages d generation x is proud to bring you it's wwf seven times tag team i mean we all know it 25 yeah. years later yeah i mean the road dog and the road dog recently had a, he had a little controversy saying that he said he was a better sports entertainer than bret hart and everybody's like he said he's a better wrestler than bret hart no he didn't no, he didn't. Mm -hmm. He said yeah. Bret Hart will wrestle circles around him, but yeah. you give him a microphone, he's much more entertaining, and that's true. Yeah, yeah. he caught a yeah. lot of flack for that. Yeah, yeah. Now he's he got caught, a thing on um, the podcast every week where he he'll they'll they'll, they'll they'll name three people and he'll say whether or not he's a better sports entertainer than they were. <laughs> <laughs> Love, that. Love that. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't argue with his logic at all. To be fair, no. Yeah, you can't at all. As far as tag teams go, um, they aren't one of the greatest ever, but I feel like the potential was there for them was Enzo and Cass. I really, yeah. really enjoy Enzo and Cass, um, and it didn't last as long as they should have by any means. But Enzo's yeah, mouth. Oh, one of the best talkers. I really do think he is one of the best talkers that there is. Last year at WrestleCon, he had a lot. I mean, you could give him, pay him to, to pay him to cut a promo, mm -hmm. and he was just. One right after the other. Next, he, I mean, it was like doing his whole thing, and they weren't the same po promo every time. Wow. I mean, he's just next level mm. on being able to be able to get on that mic. Mm. And and I mean, I, my wife said you should do that, and I said I'm not waiting in that line for that. Look how long it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I stood there and listened to him cut about six of them. Yeah. When the uh, when the lines when the lines that long, you know it's it's going to be worth it. Yeah, everybody wanted that. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. And I grew up, I grew up with watching. Well, of course, the 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 best the best tag team feud ever was the Freebirds and the Von Erichs. They created the mm. six man title just for yeah. that feud. It was perfect. Mm. No other six man titles ever made sense the way that one did. I mean, they booked it, launched a feud, popped the territory for a few years off of, off of that heated angle. Uh, and it was all, for, I mean, the Freebird, the, for as good as the Von Erics were without the Freebirds to light it, light that fire, you needed them. And so to me, when it comes to, I mean, I'd go the Freebirds, New Day, and then the Usos. But the Usos only recently became entertain entertaining to me with the Bloodline storyline. Mm -hmm. My here's my knock on the Usos and anybody else that dresses this way. 
if you look like you got off the second row and walked up and got in the ring and started wrestling, it, it, it's a, it's a turnoff to me. I don't want to see you super kicking somebody with tennis shoes on. I mean, they look like they're wearing, they look like they're wearing a sweatsuit, a sweatsuit and sneakers. And that's yeah. a disconnect. And it's a disconnect for me. Yeah. And it doesn't take away with what they do in the ring. I mean, I'm not saying they're not talented. I'm just telling you where my old man brain goes and it disconnects for me. Yeah. My, uh, grandkids, my, grandkids, yeah. my grandkids will sit there and tell you that they're probably the best tag team ever. I mean, my grandkids yeah. love them. I mean, yeah. so it's, it, you know, not everything is for me. Another and that's thing, what makes wrestling so good, isn't it? And I watch yeah. wrestling yeah. and I can't ever watch without watching through the eyes of a referee. Okay. Of course, yeah. Mm, yeah. So my my viewing habits have, ch I mean, it, it's it's changed for me. And I was told mm. when I got in business that I'd never watch it the same again, and they were right. Yeah. Because mm. there's, because a lot of time it's just, I'm just I'm rating the work in my head now instead mm. of just losing myself. And I and I like it when I can lose myself in a match. Yeah. And it doesn't happen that often, so it's really special to me when it does. Well, since we always do uh, with interviews, wrestlers get asked what's their Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. So, what about a Mount Rushmore of referees? Tommy Ooh. Young, Tommy Charles Young. Robinson. Okay. Nick Patrick. He ruined my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Kyoto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew you were gonna make a comment about Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick, Johnny. Yeah. I was he ruined my childhood. Oh, I remember Nick Patrick very well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But do you know what? Again, like you say, he was doing his job fantastically because exactly. everybody hated him. Yeah. Everybody he was. A, you know that was yeah, yeah, superb. Well, yeah. I, and and I, and I'd probably go. Hebner's the Heb the Hebner's after that. Okay. Um, I just prefer. I mean, to me, Tommy Young's greatest, hands down. None better than Tommy Young. Okay. And uh, if David Manning would have had, if David, man, I'm thinking now. We're here to pose them questions. <laughs> David Manning's my all-time favorite, but I can't put him on Mount Rushmore because he just did he just did one area. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair. Fair enough. That's but he's my all-time personal favorite. <laughs> okay. I, don't I mean, know he would do my there's a match I watched recently with David Manning and Flair threw the guy through David Von Eric over the top rope, trying to get disqualified. And Manning wouldn't disqualify him. Said no, I'm not disqualifying him. And then Flair finally just kept on with so much that he had to disqualify him. But mm. just the fact that David Manning was, he wouldn't. I mean, like I know you're trying to get yourself disqualified, and I'm not allowing it this time. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. So I suppose uh, refs until uh, probably it's not been that long until like, but like it doesn't feel like refs have always got the sort of the credit they really do deserve for 
are holding mm. things together. Do you know what I mean? I think that there's, mm. you know, their, their job isn't just to, uh, to count the pinfall in a lot of a mm. lot of scenarios. Like you sort of said earlier, Dave, you're passing messages back and forth and you're kind of kind of doing all this sort of sort of stuff at the same time. Um, and that's just, you know, for me, that's... Well, that's we don't sell tickets. We don't sell tickets. We comp them. I mean, people people aren't going to see the referees. I mean, I was always told. I mean, I I don't like it when they say you're just a referee. You can't do it without us. But yeah, I don't yeah. expect. But I don't expect. I mean, you're not going to put me on the poster. Referees should not ever be on the on the poster. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it's. I mean, you can't do it without us. But you're not supposed to notice us. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, yeah. And there's lots of good referees out there today, and we're and they are and they are giving them a lot of recognition. And a lot of good women referees too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, at first, it started out as it started out as kind of like when you got that first woman referee, then it was a big deal because they were saying, "Hey, look, we got a woman referee." But now there's so many of them, and they're all so good. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I mean, there's some really good ones. Um. I'm trying to think of what her name is. She's in WWE. Is it Jessica Carr? Jessica Carr. Is that oh, yeah. good, yeah. but I'm talking about the other one. The other one. Um, oh, wait. Oh, uh, African American. That, yeah, African -American she was, lady. She she popped up on my TikTok the other day. Um, Man, I follow her online, and I love yeah, her. Yeah, um, I'm gonna try and find her. She's so uh, good. It's, it's um it's Daphne something. I'm I think. Let me have a look. But, oh, yeah. but she's so good. I mean, she's and what what I like about her is that she's engaged. She's working with. Them. She's engaged with what they're doing. She's not just standing there. She's on top of it, but she's not. She's not so much into it that it's drawing attention from what's going on. And yeah, I really, like, um, I really like her work. And da I, Daphne Lashawn. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, she's a she's mm. a she's really a, a good referee. Mm. And um. And people like to pick on Aubrey, but Aubrey's really good. Yeah. AEW. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Now, now she does love the camera and she knows where it's at. But, but she's, I mean, she's really good referee though. Um, yeah. they've got some good ones. They and they got some bad ones too. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. There, but uh, uh, Teddy Teddy Long as well. He was a referee. Be a referee in re in wrestling. So like when um because Teddy Long was he he wasn't a referee initially was he but he was made a referee in he, WWE. He went manager ring crew manager ref GM. No 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 was, it, was he? No he was a he was the guy that was like a, a valet or a second. They'd come mm. they like the guy that went and got the the guy that went and got the jackets. Oh, wow. they, in Atlanta, Georgia, there's a there's a um, they needed him, but they needed a referee that night, and they decided to give to put Teddy in there and let him referee. And they needed a referee shirt. And there's a, a hot dog restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia called the Varsity. And mm -hmm. uh, everybody that works there wears a referee shirt. So they ran down to the Varsity and got one of their referee shirts to give Teddy to wear. And they put <laughs> they put Teddy out to referee, and that's how Teddy got to start his referee. Then he wow. became a manager. Yeah. Mm. But, Teddy, but Teddy Long was a referee. And then when he went to WWE, he was a referee. They put mm. him back as a referee before they got him. 
He wasn't a referee long before they made him on, on screen GM or mm -hmm. manager. He's up. But Teddy, um, Teddy was working with Tommy Young and Scrappy McGowan, Pee Wee Anderson. Okay. Now that I'm now that I'm rattling off all these names on a Mount Rushmore, I'm wondering if I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Young and Charles is definite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was a great There's a great clip of uh, Clash at the Castle. There was um, a clip of Charles Robinson. Someone saw him in the street, and they were like, "Charles, pin me!" Like count and pin. So his friend was pinning him. And then Charles is just doing one, two, three on the street. Uh, I've seen that video. It's great. Yeah, I love Charles Robinson. I've met him a couple of times. He is such a such a nice man. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks like he's a nice guy though as well. He he just looks like a nice guy, and he doesn't age. No. That's a good point. Actually, now you've said it. Now you've said it. Yeah, he doesn't age. Conrad calls him. He calls him the Benjamin Button of wrestling. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's brilliant. Did we forget anybody else on that prediction? Um, when, um, what Dom and Ray? Ray? Dom and yeah, Ray. Dom and Ray. Oh, right. Oh. oh, man, Ray's gonna retire. Probably. Yeah. I think Ray puts his kid over. I think Dom gets more out of it, like Brock beating the Undertaker. Mm. I, think, I think Dom's going to win that match. I, I went Dom. Mm -hmm. I went Dom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went Dom as well. I had the idea that Ray's going to beat him up. You know, he's going to really punish him. But then Dominic rolls him up and gets the win. That's how I think it's going to go. Oh, yeah. I, um, I went for Ray. I couldn't, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't bet against him. <laughs> Um, Man, that's a that's a rough one, but I I kind of think that I kind of think that I kind of think the veteran's going to put over put, put him over on the way out. I think it does more for Dom mm. as a heel. Yeah, we have yes. um we have said as well on on our podcast that um we feel that if uh, Ray does put Dom over and Dom gets the win, they should just go full hog and Dom should just take uh, Ray's mask. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I think um, I think I think Ray's mask coming off will be part of the finish. Which actually, um, just thinking about it now, they actually kind of alluded to on Monday Night Raw, didn't they? Um, Dom had hold of his mask, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. Um, before Legado del Fantasma came down, so yeah, maybe we're maybe we're onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> um. I suppose we are coming towards the end of the episode. Did we have any more questions for Dave before we let him go? So I did. Uh, I did catch uh, a friend of mine earlier, um, and we were just chatting about. Obviously, I said I was giddy that you were you were coming on, and we were going to get to chat and everything. And and what did he want to know? Um, so the the two the two questions he asked. So he wanted to know. Who's the most likable guy you've been in a locker room with? Likable. Tim Storm. Okay. And where was the other one? So he wondered what your what your 
what your favorite match that you've you've sort of been involved in was now we had the conversation surely it was the flair match um <laughs> but uh, we weren't quite sure if you know obviously you got the massive part right at the end would you you know have you got a match that you were kind of involved in the whole way through that that stands out yeah, as, well, a, as a match yeah going forward anything after the flare stuff is <laughs> just going to be number two but yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, there was a match that I, I refereed in a little bit of town called Sulphur Springs, Texas, and it was against a man named Robert Evans, who you probably have heard of because he wrestled in Ring of Honor as Archibald, and he's RJ RJ Evans. Well, that 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 rings a bell. RJ Evans, and then there was a writer. There was a writer in WWE that got fired. It quit at the Hall of Fame because. Somebody thanked Vince. You heard that story? He was a writer. He was mm -hmm. the writer that quit at the Hall of Fame because Vince got on to him. Uh, <laughs> and he works for um, he works for Impact now. Uh, but anyway, Jimmy, uh, but Jimmy Jacobs. Huh? Jimmy Jacobs? No, the, oh. his name's Robert Evans. Oh, uh, right. oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, Robert Evans was fight wrestling a guy named Wally Darkman. Was for the junior heavyweight championship. Uh, Wally was the champion, incredibly popular. But Robert Evans is—he's he from Canada. He would wear these long tights. He had like long white tights with red trunks over them, mm -hmm. and then he'd like have the maple leaf on his singlet. Anyway, the match started. Like one minute in, Wally pantses him i mean the trunks are down <laughs> around his ankles he's wearing tights so he's not exposed but that's how he gets the pin and he's standing there ref look my pants are down around my ankles he had the trunks he had the trunks so i restart, <laughs> so I restart the match okay match goes 30 minutes robert ends up rolling wally up two hands of trunks pulling course i'm down there at the shoulders one two three i can't see it and the crowd goes nuts like literally losing it that robert evans won it he's dancing around with the belt mm -hmm. and people are rushing the ring and wally there's a little girl and she's crying this kid's wow. crying and wally goes come here ref little girl tell that referee what you saw and she's like you yeah, you can't you can't do that and a grown woman runs up screaming at me and a grown man runs up screaming at me and there's no guardrail i mean they're they're hot and mm -hmm. and, and, wow. and 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 the promoters the promoter whispers to me he's also the ring announcer he goes go over there and take the belt away from uh, robert and say we're going to hold it up and we'll decide it it'll be decided on our next show here when we return so i go over and i make mm -hmm. a deal about taking the belt away from him throwing it out you know and and uh i had never been there before and i parked out in front with the fans and i left during the main event because i did not want to be out in the parking lot with them but getting getting that big a reaction from the crowd that they were 100 percent bought in that was my favorite that's probably my favorite mm -hmm. and yeah. i have one other I have mm -hmm. one other one that, that kind of went that way but I wasn't part of the match. I came out and reversed the decision because the face had his was, I mean, the, the heel had was all in the ropes and the referee didn't see it. 
and the title changed hands. And when I put it, because I stuck my nose in where it didn't belong, then their guy didn't win. And mm -hmm. the woman told me that she hoped, she hoped I F and died. Oh, wow. And she, and she was coming after me, and security had to stop her and take her back to her chair in a little town wow. called Homo, Homo, Louisiana. That you're still not welcome back in, is that right? <laughs> they still oh, no, we, um, no, I went back down there and I, I got to be part of an NWA world title match when Jack Stane was the champion and I got to be a big part of the finish and, and they, they love me now <laughs> <laughs> for a minute until I screw up again. <laughs> I'm returning to home at the beginning of July, beginning of July. I, I, I'm really excited about getting to go back down there. That's awesome. Okay. But well, that, that would be it. Robert Evans and Wally Darkman. Nice. Okay. Nice. We'll um we'll absolutely have to have you back on another episode. Um thank yeah, you. I'm sure there's there's loads <laughs> <Yeah>. more. <laughs> I'm sure you've got loads more stories to tell us and loads more we could discuss. Yeah. Um but we do absolutely want to thank you so so much for agreeing to do this with us. We've oh well, I can't speak for these two guys, but I've had a great time. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's been an honor. Yeah, really, really yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you. yeah, thank you. Just to hear your stories and mm -hmm. yeah, well, I appreciate the, it. The, the people that you've just been in a room with is just yeah, just <laughs> shared the same space. It's just it's it is incredible. Yes, I've been I've been really really lucky. I've, I've, mm. I'm I'm really blessed that I get to do what I get to do, and through Conrad, I've gotten to meet some really incredible people. And um, mm. the part I left out is that I met Conrad because we both collect wrestling belts. Oh, yeah. Okay. I knew Conrad, yeah. Conrad before he did podcasts. Wow. In fact, mm. we were in a, I mean, we were, on, we were on the ground floor of his podcast because we were in his group chat. Um, wow. But I wouldn't have, but I would have never become friends with him if it wouldn't have been for my collecting wrestling belts. I've been doing it for 25 years. Back mm. in the Yahoo group days. And that, and that oh. is a hell of a collection. Seventy-five in total. Yeah, and it's yeah. Just... I noticed Conrad is someone who uh, he, from what I'm led to believe, he works so hard because he has these. Obviously, he does the podcast and and he also has his uh, business as well. Oh yeah, he never um, stops. As well as that. Yeah, mm. never stops. His wife. If it wasn't for his wife, he'd probably kill himself working too much. Wow. Mm. I mean, he he does take a break every now and then. It's because she makes him. Mm. But he's, he's the hardest working man I know and he's the most genuinely nice human being what you hear is how he is he doesn't mm -hmm. he's the most positive person in the world mm -hmm. I mean sometimes he's positive and we're like we can't believe how how big his heart is how forgiving he is of people yeah uh, he just he doesn't take he's just you he, you're a better person for knowing him yeah. He's a very positive influence, and I wish I'd have met him when I was much younger. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. But I've known him. I've known him for ten years now, so that's a fair chunk, isn't it? That's a fair. That's yeah, a fair chunk. So, so I'd like to tell you that I was a referee for Ric Flair's last match because I toiled away on the Indies for seventeen years, and then finally got my big shot. My <laughs> Kyoto went down. But the truth of the matter is, my best friend booked it and got it for me. 
<laughs> and that's what friends are for. That is what yeah, friends yeah. are for. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of this phenomenal episode. Um, just want to say thank you to my co-hosts. First of all, that undeniable Johnny Goldsmith. Where can people find you on social media? Yes, so Johnny Goldsmith, G-O-N-N-Y, on TikTok and Instagram, Johnny Goldsmith too. Don't really use Instagram as much, but uh, TikTok is where you'll find all my uh, content, obviously, all wrestling. So, um, yeah, that's post every day, just about as well. Yeah, great, great stuff. And Stu, that, uh, TWG1991, where can people find you? Yeah, so my main main social is my is my TikTok, that wrestling guy at TWG nineteen ninety one. Again, for all wrestling stuff where you'll find me over there being giddy and such like. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where you'll find me. And again, a massive thank you to Super Dave Miller. Where people find you on social media? On Twitter, I'm Ref Super Dave PWD. Think Pond Water Dave. Ref Ref Super Dave PWD. I'm that. Um, I'm that on Twitter. I'm that on Instagram. I'm that on TikTok. For the time being, unless our government bans it, and then. <laughs> wow, fingers crossed they <laughs> don't. Then, then we're going to figure out what I'm going to do because I, I love TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and um what is the name of your podcast so our, our listeners can tune into that as well i'm the pond water dave show the um, pond water dave show we try to record live on youtube every wednesday every wednesday night uh i i, I we'll do a live show uh and then i'll put it on where you can download it on apple or wherever you get your podcasts uh, my YouTube channel is thepondwaterdaveshow.com. And that'll take you that'll take you there. And uh it's a it's a fun little podcast. We have a good time. We just had we just had the nuttiest uh, had technical issues. So this last episode was probably the least professional, but the most funny episode we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i mean i even posted a i even posted a five minutes five minute video of when it was all going bad <laughs> just because it was, it was just it was just gold just laughing yeah. and i love I, I love a podcast that about when you're done did it have a topic i don't remember but we just laughed for an hour that, <laughs> yeah. you can't beat yeah. that you've got a you've, you've got to show it all you've got to show it all mm -hmm. unfiltered uncensored it's the best way to be <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so thank you to my co-hosts and thank you to dave i've been jay wrestletalk you can find me on tiktok jay wrestletalk instagram jay wrestlegram just before we sign off once again massive thank you to dave for joining thank us you, it's dave. An thank you dave. pleasure thank, thank you, you thank you i had a um, blast thank you for having me appreciate it you're welcome <laughs> and we will catch you guys all next time <laughs>